how are you doing how are you guys for those of you catching the replay thank you so much for checking in um it's gonna be good it's been a long time i'm excited to do something new um not even new but just like to be back with you guys um yeah because it's been a while um i have my warm beverage i'm drinking warm milk um uh, because coffee at this time even though coffee doesn't really affect me um i don't want to take my chances right now it is just comforting what is your warm beverage of choice let me know let me know i'm gonna take a sip and i got this um ray dunn mug it says wisdom on it which i love i got it in a grab bag one christmas very exciting okay so tonight I'm really excited because I want to touch on 10 things that I am doing differently with baby number two. I have some tissues here because I'm stuffy. Um, this, this winter has been intense. I think um, daycare is like a petri dish for germs. <laughs> so, uh, which I, I, I will say that I understand why it happens. It's like, you need to go to work. And if your kid doesn't have a fever and they just have a little bit of sniffles, you send them in anyway. But if we all think that way, then they're all just passing their germs around all day. Love that my, my daughter's school um, has them washing their hands um, in it when they come in, when they before they eat, all of that. Um, but germs get spread and we've been getting sick on and off all winter so I have a little bit of the sniffles right now I don't know what to say but tissues anyway um excited to share with you guys 10 things that I'm doing differently with baby number two also I um asked you guys the day before yesterday to shoot me some questions that you might have so if you have any um, even if you're watching the replay and you want to leave some questions for me to answer in the next live video I would love to do that for you so I'm also going to touch on those questions before I do all of that I thought I would do something interesting um, and hopefully it won't cut into our time too too much but um, you guys have seen me post about this um, you guys have seen me post this um, Mary Kay hydrogel thing in a in a um, Instagram post. The mom brain is real, guys. I can't think. Um, you guys have seen me like put it under my eyes and whatnot. And somebody said like, "Oh, I want to say before and after." So I thought, you know what? Why don't I put them on right now? And we see like live how it works. And I am not being endorsed by Mary Kay. Although, hey, if you know somebody who can endorse me, I mean, college money for the kids, right? <laughs> so um, let me know, how are you guys doing? How's your week been? And while I'm doing this, just so I can kill some time, this is pretty cool. It comes with like a little spoon. They're pink and sparkly. I love pink and I love sparkles, so it works really well for me. And then you can do this like two times a week, though I'm sure you could do less or more. more. Um, I just kind of do it whenever I feel like it. Um, but it's not usually more than twice a week because it's like $40 for one of these things, one of these um, containers, and it comes with like enough for 30 enough for a month supply 
30 pairs. Oh, that's a lot. That actually is pretty decent. But with that said, I'm still cheapo. So, you know, I just use it when I feel like it, but not more than twice a week. Okay, so I'm going to have these on for a good 20 minutes and then we'll see what it looks like. Take a good look. There's a shadow here. You can't really tell. Take a good look because we're going to see what it looks like afterward. All right. Um, so answering those questions, let's start with that. I got a few questions. <laughs> uh, oh, I thought it was a cream. Pretty cool. Yes, Manolita. Yeah, it's um, eye patches is really awesome. Yeah, I like it. It feels cool. Um, these are called hydro gel eye patches it and when I say it's pretty cool like it literally feels cool on your skin so it's it's refreshing um and they say to leave it on for 20 minutes you put the pointy side here and the big side out here um and I sometimes leave it on longer okay so that is that let's see what happens I'm putting it away um, and they're disposable, by the way. Okay, so I did get a couple of questions that I'd like to go over really quick before I jump into my 10, my 10 things I'm doing differently. Um, I learned a whole lot with my first daughter, so I'm excited. I could have written more, but I said, let me just keep it to 10. Um, there are always things we can be learning. And obviously, I've only been a mom for four years years and one month so there's only so much I can learn but I know a little bit anyway before I jump into that I did have two questions so one the first question was advice for newly married couples first year what to prep for I love this question I love the person who asked it because they're getting married soon and um I wanted to say when it comes to that when it comes to marriage First of all, if no one has told you that marriage is hard, let me be the first to let you know. You can marry the most amazing person on the planet, like I have, and it is still difficult. Why? Because you both are two completely different people coming from completely different backgrounds, even if you're friends, even if like you were part of the family forever, like I was with my husband. Um, even if everyone gets along, it's still really hard. It's a lot of like giving up your selfishness. And, and then on top of that, the person that you come in to the marriage as like who you are today is going to change so much, so much once the ring comes on, the wedding ring comes on, once, you know, the honeymoon is over, you're going to be a completely different person. And then as the years go on, you grow and you change. And the person that we expected the other person to be at first he changes or she changes. <laughs> Manolita says, Roddy should just say yes, dear, and it will be fine. <laughs> yes, I wish it worked like that. <laughs> um, yeah, but it doesn't. We know. Um, yeah, and he's amazing. Like, I literally have, I literally have an amazing husband, but it's still hard. And, um, and I can tell you, and speaking as a Christian, um, I know that, um, the devil he does not like marriage he doesn't like for families to be healthy and thriving so he tries to throw some things in there to just make things complicated um so with that said advice for newly wed couples um advice for that first year of marriage i would say one um it's cliche but i really mean it like prayer like have your own relationship with god 
Why? Because your identity is about to change like rapidly like never before you might see things that you thought you had worked on in your past now come back to the forefront because it's triggered by things that happen within your marriage story of my life um and the person that you're marrying you don't really know them like they are going you're going to be like whoa i had no idea you were like this you are are getting to see this person's good bad and ugly and they're getting to see yours and you guys are now going to have to learn how to become one which like think about it two di completely different people becoming one and then once like let's say you you want kids once you throw kids into that i mean it's just a lot so you are going to change all the time if you continue to consistently have your own relationship with god separate from your spouse um and put god first you're gonna be okay um i really believe that even if the other if, even if your spouse at one point goes through some things and is not you know where they need to be if you focus on yourself and your relationship with god and then out of that um, you know, strive to put your spouse first because that's what they're supposed to be doing too. Putting God first, then putting you first. You're going to be okay. Um, for that first year, I would say um, communication is key. Do not invite people into your marriage who are not like don't invite anybody into your marriage unless it's like a professional therapist kind of situation or a pastor um don't go bad mouthing your spouse don't go like asking your girlfriends for advice or like anything like that it can get really messy um and i'm saying that from experience as well so again not that i've had much to bad mouth but um you'd be surprised uh people are very quick to uh not know the whole situation and make a judgment about it and then you take that on and realize they really didn't know what was going on in the background to even be able to make that judgment and give me that advice so unless it's a therapist i say keep your relationship private focus on jesus focus on each other go on dates try to do some of the things that you did before you got married it's gonna change though so just be willing to talk about it and renew those expectations all right, that was a long one. Um, Manolita said amen to that. Woo woo. So um, that's the first one. My, the second question that I got was about motherhood. And this person said, what specifically to ask or look for when putting kids in daycare? Um, I can tell you, for me, I was looking for a daycare. The main thing that I was looking for in a daycare, one, safety, obviously, but I think we all kind of think that way. But I also looked at the curriculum that they were teaching the kids and along with the curriculum, the discipline style. So um, not that I am a early childhood education expert or anything like that. I'm not even like a parenting. I'm not even a parenting expert, so I don't necessarily know the best way to deal with with deal with to work with children um even though i've had experience in ministry with children um i do care about what the daycare center's philosophy is for working with the children i look at how the teachers interact with the kids my older daughter goes to two different schools one is a secular school it's on my college campus which is amazing 
and they have a curriculum called high scope um you guys can look it up if you want i haven't but i know they don't really do time out when it comes to conflict resolution they um have the kids talk it out so learning how to express their feelings and then when it comes to like what the kids are going to learn that day they have the kids sit down and make a plan and um work it out and then discuss what they did and i thought that was pretty cool and the teachers are great it's very organized and very safe um they have a special code for the door they don't let just anybody even come into the center and then my younger daughter goes there as well when i'm on campus then the other school my older daughter goes to is a christian school and my main concern was class sizes that's another thing you want to look at do they have enough teachers to work with the students and i know that the year before my daughter started there they had a very i don't know if it's high ratio or low ratio but they had like very few teachers to large groups of kids so i was concerned about that because um yeah i was just concerned about that and then also my daughter being a pastor's kid and kind of known at the school already i was concerned that maybe they would have a preconceived notion of who they of, of how she would be and so i was pleasantly surprised i absolutely adore my daughter's teacher um first of all god answered our prayers her class size is the smallest it could possibly be like there might there are probably six other kids there on the days that she goes at the other school there are like 10 other kids but they have a good number of teachers to make sure everyone's taken care of um, but at this Christian school, the teacher is so gentle with her and like my daughter adores her, talks about her all the time. So just seeing like the teacher's style of teaching, um, how they relate to the children, how they discipline the children when, you know, because they need to be disciplined. Um, you know, it's a good thing. It's loving. Um, so those are the things that I look for in a daycare. And I want to remind um, everyone that daycare is an investment, it's not an expense. I know for us, um, the reason that I became a stay-at-home mom in the first place was I was like, man, the amount of money that I would make because I didn't, I don't have a bachelor's yet, like it would be um, entry-level, like minimum wage jobs. And it seemed like anything that I would make extra would be just to pay for childcare. But I want to encourage those of you who have to kind of make that decision, like, man, should I go to work just for the sake of paying for childcare? It's an investment. Um, one, you get to invest in yourself by continuing your career. You can like work your way up through your career and um have something for you because when you become a mom for some reason like the kids take over your life and you can easily let them because you love them and mom guilt is a real thing um but if you have a, a job outside of that sometimes it's like all right i'm i'm a person separate from my family and it's healthy it can be a healthy thing um and um it's worth having your kid be somewhere where they can interact with other kids, interact with other adults, um, learn how to respect authority and um, while you are investing in yourself. So just remember that. And it's very, it's only for a season. Then if you wanna put them in public school, you can put them in public school and it's great. So just throwing that out there. Um, so that was it for questions. If you guys have any more, you can throughout the live you can absolutely like just hey, say hey i have a question about this i'll address them at the end because i do want to talk about the topic for today um and otherwise if you're catching the replay 
feel free to dm me i love to just give my two cents and at the end of the day guys like this is just from my experience other people have had their own experiences so um i don't take my ideas as bible like this is just from my story but um trust your gut which is actually the first thing um on my list of 10 things i'll be doing differently with our second child i have learned so much i actually I was talking to my dad today and I was just saying, man, there are a lot of things that I did with my firstborn that I actually regret. Um, and But the key is when you make mistakes, you have to learn from them. And so I'm, I would I do things differently? Like I'm gonna be honest and say, yes, I absolutely would, hence the list. But um, like looking back i'm glad that i learned that's what i'm happy about because some people don't learn and they just be messing up their kids i don't want to be that person so i'm gonna take a sip of my warm milk that was like five sips sorry i lied okay so um 10 things i'm doing differently with baby number two um and this I am going to post on my website as a blog and definitely have the audio for this and possibly the video if I can figure out how to get this up there. I will make sure that it is available to you guys. So if you want to catch that later, like catch this later, whatever, it will be there um, or refer back to it in the next season of your life, whatever. Okay, so the first thing that I'm doing differently with baby number two is trusting my gut. Um, in our world right now, um, parents are bombarded with information. Like we have the internet, we have books, we have, um, the generation before us. And then we have know-it-all people who are in our own generation who think that their way is the best way of doing things. Um, and sometimes it can make us feel like we don't know what we're doing and, my dad and I were talking today. It was so nice to have him over. And he said, you know, actually we're all just innately prepared to be parents. Like, which, you know, there are some cases where people really have issues and they need to work that out. But um, I really believe that if I had trusted my gut with my first daughter, there would be way less things that I regret about parenting her. But I was very insecure. I needed to work through some things. And um, you guys know I'm a big advocate for therapy, working through your stuff. Um, so with that said, first thing, I would trust my gut. Um, yeah, let's see, did I miss anything? Cause I, instead of reading it, I just rambled. Um, so over the past couple of years, I've learned not to be necessarily led by my feelings because you know, feelings can change. But I learned to not invalidate my feelings either because sometimes feelings can be a symptom of something deeper that's going on. So I learned to adjust my parenting style in a way that works for me. And when I say I, I definitely mean myself and my husband because we're a team. Um, and it helped that I was growing in a relationship with God. So it's hard to trust your gut if you're not connected to Jesus because you're like, I'm not sure if this is what God wants. Like for those of us who are Christians and that's a priority in our lives, 
if you have a relationship with God, if you're consistent in spending time with him, then it will be easier for you to trust your gut because you're trusting that God is going to check you if you do the wrong thing. Um, growing in my relationship with God and going to therapy, again, huge advocate, so that I was becoming a better person. And I have recently been so happy with just from just trusting my gut like and making changes. I have been so happy with how I feel I'm doing as a mom and then I see my daughter growing and in just amazing ways that I feel like if I had not just learned to say I can figure this out with my husband he's not insecure the way I am in that regard um I feel like because of that things are a lot better in our family so on to the next thing um number two say more yes to my family and more no to everything else um becoming a mom made me realize how much of a people pleaser i was i knew that i was but it was another level um and oftentimes for my older daughter i tried to make her like the perfect kid like okay if we were around a group of people that I really wanted them to think highly of me, I might be a little harder on her to try to, you know, make her fit into that image that I thought they wanted her to have so that I could feel better about myself. I'm telling you guys, I needed therapy. Um, so if anything was out of control, like I didn't know how to handle that. And um, I really wanted people to think that my daughter and that myself had it all together. What a sad childhood. <laughs> she was happy but again this is mom guilt here I'm like oh my gosh my poor kid and the good thing is that at this age they are very forgiving so thank you Jesus but man as I'm reading it I'm like wow that's sad um and so for that reason I used to say no a lot like no you can't do that no don't stand on that no don't sit there no you know just like very like anxious and uh then I would get around some family members and friends who were a little more laid back who I who you know I felt like were accepting of my daughter and they'd be like she's fine like leave her alone like let her be a kid and I'd be like that's true what is the big deal like why am I so stressed out so um you know we started to let her do her thing we still expected her to be respectful but we also gave her grace like she is a toddler let her be a toddler let her fall down let her enjoy herself let her cry let her learn how to figure things out uh Madalita gave a thumbs up thank you um I don't know when that happened but thank you for that um so uh we also stopped putting ourselves in stressful situations where we felt like we had to be helicopter parents and I'm speaking more for myself but I think he would agree like we just stopped putting ourselves in situations where we nat naturally wanted to like be careful don't touch that don't do that don't say that and started to make sure that even the environment we were in was um accepting of her making mistakes and us making mistakes and us growing together it's not really even mistakes it's us growing together so we tried to put ourselves in more environments where we could say yes yes more often and um it obviously can you imagine how less stressful it was for us and then if it's less stressful for us as parents that she's going to follow that and and receive that so with baby number two 
I am working on saying more yes, yes to time with my family, yes to making a mess, yes to, okay, these emotions are wild, let's work them out. Like, yes, yes to, all right, let's talk about it. You feel frustrated because, like, yes to all of that, yes to being immature because four years old is young. Like, I have had to remind myself, like, you know, your girl was just three years old the other day, right? Literally the other day she was three. It's okay. Um, and I will be saying no to um, anything that doesn't allow that supportive environment that we're trying to build the way we're doing our family life. And I am not going to be sorry about it. I'm just not. I won't be sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay. So number three is continuing my career. So I mentioned that um, I didn't work when I had my first daughter because uh, it seemed like the cost for childcare was going to be what I was paid. And looking back, that was a mistake because for me, I feel like I lost my identity in being mommy and wife full time. And um, I am grateful that we got to have time at home together, but I would not do that again and there were some well-meaning people in my life who actually encouraged me like oh no stay home until your kids are a little older you don't know how many more kids you're gonna have and then I wrote this book you know I did this research um for this book called how to have it all the secrets of the Proverbs 31 woman and there was this woman who had her family her very happy children they they called her blessed because they were very happy with her as a mom her husband who respected her uh, who appreciated her and that she was able to do all the things she was at home she had a job like she was able to do both like throughout her life not necessarily all at the same time but I started to realize like it's not necessarily God is not the one saying to me at least to me some of you it might be different but for me God was not like oh, you can not have a life outside of your children until they're older. So I dropped that and I was so much happier. I started to pray and read the Bible for myself instead of just letting people tell me what they thought was the right thing for me to do for my family. And I just started to believe what God told me. And uh, that's how God just started to remind me of my purpose outside of my family, um, which I feel like a lot of Christian women, we do that because, you know, during Bible times, things were a lot different. Women didn't necessarily work like that and they stayed home and took care of the family. But we're in 2020 and uh, yeah, so things have changed and that's not necessarily a requirement for salvation and not necessarily a requirement for being a good Christian. So um, I was much happier, much more present when I started working um, part time and going back to school. And I didn't have this feeling of resentment. And I feel like that joy, I was able to pass that on to my family. Like I was more joyful at home because I was continuing to live my purpose outside of the home. That is not the case for everyone. Some people are called to be stay-at-home moms and I salute you guys because I could not do it. Um, but I can see even for some of my stay-at-home mom friends, they had to find that like, oh, and here is my hobby outside of motherhood. And here is the way I serve outside of motherhood. And this is the way I express myself and live in my purpose. So um, for me, it's continuing my career for 
you guys. It might be just remembering who I am outside of that. So that's what I mean. Manolita said, I think you're a great mom and set a great example of a Christ-centered life. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. That means a lot. I really appreciate that. Oh, I really do appreciate that. Praise God. All right. So, um, yes. Number four, which... I don't know if I'm going to be able to get to all of these. I might have to do a part two because I don't want to hold you guys too long. Um, Co-sleeping. Uh, Co-sleeping and creating a routine. Okay, so what do I mean by that? So with Zoe, we were a bed sharing family, um, which basically means that we had Zoe sleeping in our bed <laughs> for like the first year of her life and struggled very hard to get her out and I will say that part of the reason I struggled is that I felt like that's what we were supposed to do like oh we need to get her out of our bed now um looking back yeah looking back uh I know my mistake was she should have been in her crib from day one for me, for me, that was my mistake. For some of you guys, it's cool. Love having them in the bed. Like for me, it was just really hard because I wasn't sleeping well. We didn't have a sleep routine, period. Like as a family, we were just going through a difficult time. Um, and like we would go to bed really late. Um, so <laughs> it was not good, not good at all. Um, but we made it, everything was fine. But in retrospect, I'm like, wow that was by the grace of God. So when I say uh, establishing a routine, one, get myself on a routine, like girl, go to bed, get some rest, like take care of yourself. But also the bed sharing, like taking her out of the bed and having her in the room with us uh, would have been better than having her in our bed because it was just very hard to take care of our, our own sleep needs with her in bed with us. Uh, that's the short story and this time listen let me tell you my second child loves to sleep by herself like she if you're holding her and she's falling asleep sometimes she will be like put me down in her own crying way like I'm exhausted and you're keeping me awake because you're holding me put me down and I'm like say no more because I learned and um, it's been amazing and to be honest, I still go to bed entirely too late, but definitely not as late as I once used to. And uh, so now I'm continuing to work on myself, but at least for my girls, they are on, they have their own routine and it's awesome. Okay, so number five, um, I really skipped through all of that. So when I put this on my website, I'm going to I wrote out a lot of stuff. I'm not, you guys see, I'm not reading everything. Um, so definitely check it out for all the extra details because I'm over here talking about binging Netflix and whatnot. It's pretty funny if I do say so myself. <laughs> Number five is prioritize my partner. And I have a separate blog about this um, on my website, imaniackerman.com. But basically, I know how easy it is to um, put your kids before your spouse. Um, it's easy to do that because they literally need you. Like, uh, my girls needed me to feed them because and my youngest still does because I'm a breastfeeding mom. Um, so literally they need you all the time and they are so cute and you fall in love with them instantly. And there's like 
practically nothing they can do wrong and even even in those times where you're like i am tired like just stop already like you you can't help but love them like and at least let me say that's for me there are circumstances where women go through postpartum depression and that's not quote normal it's normal because a lot of women go through it so if that's you and you're like i don't feel bonded and super in love with my child like that's okay and just make sure you're getting the help that you need there is no stigma it's not a bad thing just make sure you are taking care of you by going to a professional okay but for me um instantly in love with these children and then i have my husband and he's wonderful but when you're married they get on your nerves sometimes and i get on his nerves i sure do um so it you have to tell yourself like don't forget that before it was uh, all of us, it was me and him, me and you. Um, and when you do that, you keep the foundation, you keep, you continue to build on a healthy foundation of when these kids are out of the house, we are still going to be together and love each other because it was us first and then they came in. Um, and for the, for the kids, it just creates a healthy environment where they're able to see unconditional love uh, at work. So just continue to prioritize your partner. That's what I am doing in this season. Like, hey, I missed you all day. Time for us to hang out. Like, I will I will vocalize that and communicate that uh, because it's important. And I know, yeah, what's the way? We, we were like, who who are you? I talked about that a little bit at the beginning here with marriage. But yeah, so prioritizing my partner. Number six is accepting help. So, and I think this is where I'm going to end for today. Yes, I'm going to end there for today. And then I will continue next time because I don't want to take too much more time. Accepting help. So I was foolish, <laughs> foolish with baby number one with Zoe um because instead of accepting help I was like no I'm the mom I'm supposed to do this I'm supposed to do everything oh my goodness I'm so glad I learned my lesson when I first had Zoe we were living at my mom's house and I felt so insecure about just not knowing what I was doing that anytime my mom tried to help I felt like she was trying to like subtly say you're not doing it right which was not the case at all like mom's help like in a healthy relationship moms just want to help like they just want to be there for you it's exciting they're grandmas so um yeah, I would be like, mom, I got it. I'm going to do it. But then I'd stress myself out and be all tired. Uh, those days were hard and it was my fault. It was my fault because I wouldn't accept her help. Then um, even like when we moved out and it was just Roddy and I, I took on this idea, which I don't know where it came from, of like, oh, I'm the mom, I need to cook, I need to clean, I need to do all of these things. When I grew up in a household where both of my parents worked together to do parenting and mom life. But I don't know why I took took it on like this Christian burden that that was the kind of woman I was supposed to be. And that was not the case. I don't know where I got that from. You guys let me know, where did I get that from? Um, but with that said, 
um yeah so I would have let him help me then um my mom-in-law who I adore she moved in with us and she was trying she she is so amazing and loves to help and I would not let her I'd be like oh I'll do the laundry I'll I'll cook I'll do the dishes because I felt insecure and this pride of like this is what a mom is supposed to do all the while completely failing at all of it I just want to say I I failed at all of it because I would not let people assist me and I just kept putting everything on my plate so learn real quick uh girl let just let them do it like I started with my mom-in-law okay thank you so much I'm so sorry but thank you so much and I just let her do her thing and she is such a blessing to my life and then with my husband let me tell you ladies a little something if you start out with this idea of I'm gonna do everything guess what they will let you so then when you start saying oh I need help here and there then it's a struggle because you created an environment where you tried to do everything don't do it to yourself um, and a lot of the times they want to be there for you and supportive but if you if you push them out then they'll be like all right she got it um, so just putting that out there but yeah let people help that is what I am absolutely doing for baby number two especially since I'm not just a stay-at-home mom which by the way stay-at-home mamas just because you're at home all day doesn't mean that you don't need help like you are probably entertaining your kid 90% of the time therefore not having a lot of time to do all the other things that need to be done you still need help um, but especially now in the season where I am a college mom I am accepting all of it and obviously two two children means extra work so there's that um so again next time I will be continuing I'll just give you a sneak peek at some of the things I will be discussing so number seven is grace based discipline I'll talk about what that means number eight is call my mom number nine is savor the time we have and number ten is keeping my appearance which speaking of I'm going to remove these um eye mask thingies so they're still cool which is it feels really nice um, I really don't want to take them off because I just even like touching them. They're so nice and cool on my face. So take a look. Take a good look. I'm going to come closer because there's a shadow. The light is literally above me. All right. And so what you do is you peel it off and then you rub it in. It feels moisturized. <laughs> and then you do the other one. Oh, I love these. And you know what would probably work best if I got some rest at nighttime? That's really what I need to prioritize. But these are great. I love them. And um, I feel like I see a difference, but even like with the difference, just the experience of just doing something nice for myself is really the best. I love it. If these were just like random cucumber slices, I would be so excited. Um, 
if you guys have any questions or any thoughts or you know even if you disagree like maybe some of the stuff that I said I love those of you who hit me up on the side you know who you are and they're just like hmm you know I saw what you wrote and like I felt like this about it I didn't necessarily agree with this thing that you shared or whatever and I'm like let's talk about it I love that so um you know even if you're like mm, I don't know how I felt about this I love that and um if you guys have any questions I'd love to answer them for you um so dm me and that is about it that is all I got that is all I got um so tune in I am going to shoot for either Thursday or Friday I'm still figuring out this new schedule but I want to get back into the routine of doing these weekly um because I love it and um you guys have said a lot of great things about it too so I want to make sure I deliver I have something for you um that is it that's all I got you have any final thoughts guys anything you want to say in the comments otherwise thank you so much thank you for tuning in those of you watching the replay thank you for watching to the end you guys are amazing manolita says thanks for sharing you're a blessing i appreciate you thank you so much uh you are a blessing by the way thank you um all right you all have a good night i'm going to head out my youngest is probably going to wake up soon and want to be fed that is the story of my life these days. All right. Love you all so much. Good night. God bless. Bye.